this up in my headphones, Charles. Turning it up. Hello, 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 everybody, one and all. Welcome to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, but not just any fantasy today, because oh. today it is our privilege to be talking mm. yet again about one of the premier fantasy authors in the genre today, mm. and that is none other than Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. I feel like we... We don't talk about Brandon Sanderson as much as I would like to. That's what I'll say. We've <laughs> well talked, and that's be that said, knowing that we've done many episodes. If you step back and think about it, about Brandon Sanderson, right? Like we did our Mistborn Buddy reads, which uh, you know, uh, <laughs> so we're very early on in the podcast and are, are not the work I'm necessarily most proud of. But if you really like those books, maybe check those. Maybe uh, we've <laughs> always we've already talked about them with things like Mistborn, Are the Magic System, stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know, it just still feels like we don't talk about him as much as we'd like to, given how much we love his work. So I'm really pumped to get into this, Charles. This is kind of, this kind of came to my mind, uh, this episode, which if you've read the title is uh, Where to Start with Brandon Sanderson. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going to yeah. be basically exactly that. It's going to be us going through different options for where to start with Brandon Sanderson in terms of the you know this is a, a man who writes books I, I feel like faster than I can read them yes. and it's true <laughs> yeah and there's so there's so many options and it can almost be overwhelming it's like looking at a giant menu and you know everything on it will be great yeah. but you just don't know what it is that you know it's your first time in the restaurant maybe and you don't know what you actually want to go with and I we want to help make that choice easier by at least giving you more description of a bunch of your options that we think would all be potentially great places to start with Brandon Sanderson and tell you why this might be the choice for you so yeah that's pretty much what we're in for this will be spoiler free too this will be spoiler free so keep this up in your headphones and this is a great question <laughs> because only in the past you know, Brandon Sanderson's been writing best-selling novels for like over a decade now. <laughs> and so maybe at one point it was more obvious which of his books to start with. But now that you have, okay, right. here's like three or four different series that are all like New York Times bestsellers and critically acclaimed. It's like, okay, how do you decide? And Dylan, you could argue that this show started with Brandon Sanderson as well as our first ever buddy read. And it I did, think yeah. it only makes sense that we come back now, bring Sanderson back into the conversation, and this time throw out some reading, like beginning first book recommendations for people. Because look, there's there's the ones in the headlines now. There's ones that every fantasy fan has been recommending for over 10 years and sifting through it. And that's what we're here to help with today. So Dylan, I think we have to just start with the one that started oh, I, friends talking fantasy can oh, i mention yeah. something yeah, yeah can i mention can. something which is that brandon sanderson on his own website actually has a page that is focused on this topic too yes it's uh, it is where do i start with your work brandon sanderson and he's because he's brandon sanderson and he is so amazing about engaging with the community he has answered this question in the way he sees it and it's a super helpful resource that uh charles will <laughs> uh, i like to say oh we'll put it in the episode notes which <laughs> charles knows that means uh charles will put it in the episode notes in case you want to check out where, what brandon sanderson has to say about where to start with his work um and yeah we think that that'll be an awesome resource. But we also want to talk about where we, as readers of Brandon Sanderson's work, think might be great places to start to. And now, there you go, Charles. Great. You got it. Thank you. Yes, and that's very well said. Sanderson's website is prolific with all kinds of information, and it's no surprise that Where Do I Start is yet another one of his, his many articles on his blog. So check that out. And the one that, no surprise, makes that list 
pretty close to the top. And the one that was the first series that Friends Talking Fantasy mm-hmm. had ever read and discussed and was my first Brandon Sanderson yeah. experience as well. And Mine Dylan, too. was it yours? As- yeah. So yeah. it was Dylan's experience as well. So a lot of firsts for us. So we have to start this episode by recommending Mistborn. And the first book in the Mistborn Era 1 trilogy is Mistborn, mm-hmm. The Final Empire. Right. Yeah. So this one is one that pretty much, if we don't know anything else about your taste in fantasy, and you're asking us, where do I start with Brandon Sanderson's work? We're not allowed to know anything else. We'd probably recommend Mistborn, The Final Empire, because it, I've heard Brandon Sanderson say about it, it has a little bit of everything. It's kind of an just amazing way to see what Brandon Sanderson has to offer across all the different aspects of storytelling. It's just, it's pretty much everything in it is going to be at least very good, I feel like. And then there are certain things that are things that Brandon Harrison is known for in particular, like magic systems and plot twists. And those are just absolutely incredible. I would say the Mistborn magic system uh, or magic systems really are our favorite, probably in the entire fantasy genre. Fair to say, Charles? Fair to uh, say. <laughs> yeah. And then, the yeah, these plot twists and the way that Sanderson builds toward them, and then the thing that's come to be known as the Sanderlanch, which <laughs> is where Sanderson ties all of these threads he's had loose for you, asking you questions about throughout the each of these novels. He'll just pull them all together at the end in an extremely satisfying way. And that is... Yeah, it's a big thing that he's become known for as an author, and you're you're going to get that in Mistborn too. So, I mean, this one came up as one of our gateway fantasy recommendations as well. Yeah, and, and that's where I was yeah, going with this like, a lot. I think you know this was what we talked about in our very first episode ever was these gateway fantasy series, and I think a lot of people that are curious about fantasy they have some of these reservations of like, oh, the books are usually like really long and it's this like long series and it's it's hard to follow and the lore of the story it's like i just usually read one 300 page book and it's a full story and i'm done and i move on to the next one and it's hard to know if reading a fantasy series which is an unusually high investment i'd say on average for a genre to just pick up a book on your vacation to read but mistborn is one we are very comfortable recommending because we know it pays off we know it's three books it's tight it it reads fast and it delivers on the story and in the conclusion so that has always made it a standout for us and you know there's other there's other series on here that aren't finished yet or things like that which you can recommend Mm. and they're best-selling works but Sometimes right. just want to know you're going to start something and the end is in sight and it's going to be worth it. And that's why Mistborn makes it very early on in this list. Highly recommend. If you haven't read it, if you're interested in fantasy, you got nothing to lose. Give Mistborn the File Empire a try. Well said, Charles. So this one is a great place to start, not just with Brandon Sanderson, but with the fantasy genre in general. Yes. And yeah, well... Uh, Mistborn, awesome. The shall we move to the next one? Let's uh, do Charles, it. The next yeah. possible starting point. Let's do it. Yeah. So this one is Elantris, is what we have here, and Elantris is Brandon Sanderson's first published work. So it's also the first book in the Cosmere, which is Brandon Sanderson's sort of, uh, uh, like, <laughs> I guess expanded universe or however you want to uh, speak about that kind of like you could think of the Cosmere as the way that there's this Marvel cinematic universe uh, (laughs) going on and all these different stories are taking place in different areas of it that may like only loosely tie together well that uh, you know those have gone pretty far to the point where there are those Avengers movies and stuff where they got very tied together but the Cosmere is kind of Brandon Sanderson's version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it all starts with Elantris. And I think that 
uh, Charles, you you haven't read Elantris, if I'm uh, that's if I'm right correct. Here, so. I have not so, read Elantris. It's one of those top Sanderson TBRs for me. It's maybe not the top, mm-hmm. but it's way up there. And I'm right. because I'm typically when I'm someone reading a new author, I enjoy re- going back and going like chronologically in terms of date published. Mm-hmm. Because I like to watch the progression, even if like maybe these stories don't progress mm. over time. I like to read the progression of the author because you get right. the sense of how they've developed as a storyteller. So I was always tempted to read Elantris, but Mistborn was just so loudly recommended <laughs> that I had to, to read that one. But Elantris it is one that's way up on my TBR. Charles, I'm so happy you went there because... Pretty much the reason I would recommend Elantris to someone would be as the starting, I would recommend it in general, of course, but as a starting point for Brandon Sanderson's work would be if they see themselves as the kind of person who really wants to start at the beginning with an author's work, with the Cosmere in this case, and see a writer evolve from there. Because I think the like Elantris, it... For me, it's a very good novel because everything I've read by Brandon Sanderson would at least meet that <laughs> criteria. And it is also, oh, it's it's not as good as something like Mistborn for me because you can see Brandon Sanderson's growth. But And he'd say that himself too. Like I've seen him describe like, hey, if you're going to start with Elantris, that's a great point. Just know you're dealing with, he said, baby Brandon <laughs> yeah. in that case. It's like when we like recommend our Mistborn still... episode. It's like, yes, be yes, aware, yes. you're dealing with <laughs> baby friends talking fantasy. Exactly. <laughs> Although our, our, you know, we're at, we were way more rusty at podcasting than Sanderson was at writing at the time. Of That's true. Published. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sanderson wrote a ton of books. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think it's in double digits. Like, don't quote me on this, listeners, but let's say 14 or something like that, books before he actually published one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he that, that'll give you a sense that this is a guy who honed his craft a lot before he got to Elantris, and that's still clear. It's still an awesome novel, and... There are people out there who like it more than things like Mistborn. I personally do lean toward Mistborn, and the reason I would say if you if you see Elantris as a starting point, for me it'd be because you want to start at the beginning. And then I would say if you have the experience that most people have with Saracen's work, you'll find a lot of his later stuff to be uh, even better. Very well said. And I, I think we're ready to move on to the next book, right? Yeah, I can bring Let's this into it. this one because this is one have, you have read. I have yeah. read this one. Yes, so I read this right before we started Friends Talking Fantasy podcast, mm-hmm. and it had been a while since I had picked up a fantasy book, and I was hungry to pick something up. I know Sanderson always delivers, and at the time I had right. only read Mistborn, and my thought process on picking this up was, it's a contained story. It kind of stands out in his like archive right his his back his whole series of works as like hey this is a standalone experimental thing that i wrote and it's free on his website you can you can read it and check it out and that it is it's something that i was like okay i can pick this up and having been away from fantasy from so for so long i pretty much devoured this book it was one of those books that i was like just one more page, just one more page for an hour, you know? So (laughs) at night, like I should sleep, but one more page wouldn't kill me. And (laughs) that was my experience with Warbreaker. So I think, you know, with fantasy, if you're kind of intimidated by this idea of like, you know, a 10 book series with thousands of pages in each book, Warbreaker is one that can easily be picked up and read if you have like a you know oh i've got a two-week vacation on the beach like this would be a great one to pick up because you can read it enjoy it go home afterwards and then you know to get you don't have to be obligated to keep reading you get the full story and the sander lynch was there i would say and the characters are fun magic systems are fun and that's why i would recommend it i think it would be a good place to start as well because it's a standalone, self-contained Sanderson experience. And if you're looking for a 
bit less of a commitment, it's a great place to start. Yeah, that's so well said, Charles. It's it's a really so first off, one of the great reasons to start with Warbreaker is you can go get it for free. Yes. Which, <laughs> like you were saying, that's hard to beat that in a lot of ways. I think Warbreaker, the the premise around sort of this color-based magic system is really interesting in that one. Yeah. It is, uh, yeah, and it stands out because you think like, uh, you know, Mistborn, for example, it all starts with ash fell from the sky and it's very this dark dreary world mm. and elantris is kind of some similar dreary elements to it saracen always provides hope in his writing so it never feels like grimdark or anything like that it, like it's always hopeful and uh fun a lot of times too but the settings a lot of times are pretty dark and dreary and warbreaker stands out for me as just like even if you look at the cover, there's like this rainbow swirl, at least on the right. one that uh, I have, uh, coming out of this woman's mouth, and this interesting like breath is the magic system there. It's just like interesting, colorful looking world in a lot of ways, and it is <laughs> it stands in stark contrast all of that color uh, <laughs> to a lot of these more like a dreary feeling settings. And in a lot of ways, it feels more like, I guess self-contained is, you already, did you already say that, Charles? Uh, yeah, like you, I touched on it. Uh, yeah, I think that's a big reason here too, is it's a standalone. There's been talk about Sanderson revisiting to write a sequel, but right now it is the, it's just standing alone. And I do think it's a stronger book. It does come later than Elantris. So it's a, I think it's a stronger book than it is uh elantris and i'd probably if you were like i want a standalone novel by brand saracen and i well, and i don't want to pay for it <laughs> then <laughs> warbreaker is a fantastic choice for you uh sanderson also recommends it with if you really like uh, romance he says i'd say it is the book that's most focused on romance of any of sanderson's work i, I don't want to say how because i that would be a spoiler, but I'll just, I'll say, yeah, the, I, I do like the two characters or two, the, the two main characters, I should say, that you follow a few points of stuff to, or like these two, like interesting, very contrasting princess characters. I think a lot of people would uh, latch on to. So yeah, I, yeah. it's a good one. Uh, yeah. I'd also say, sure. you know, if you're really looking to deep dive in the meta and if you're a perspective writer, you can go to his website and he has multiple versions that you can download. And he puts mm. notes next to him, like version one, like warning, this was my first attempt. It's very rough. I cut a lot of chapters out. And then with each version from one all the way to 6.1, he details some of the changes from, oh, very small changes I've tweaked to medium level fixes. You know, he gets into the detail. So if you want to see how a book is written and how much progress he goes through from version one to six, this is like a unique experience that... Not a lot of authors kind of lift the curtain in a way that Sanderson does. So in that sense, just from an academic standpoint, it would be a really interesting just case study to look at is the, the process of writing and releasing Warbreaker. It's a very unique novel in that way. Well said, Charles. And those options are available to or maybe not that exactly, but uh, options to learn a lot about the writing process are available to people with all those annotations that he's done for yep. Mistborn, for example, yeah. uh, and with all these amazing lectures that Brandon Sanderson posts on his YouTube account. Like he teaches a class at BYU about writing. So <laughs> It's hard to imagine is... that a guy who is pro prolific of a writer as he yeah. is, is also a prolific blogger, YouTuber, professor. It's like, yes, he's what everything. is this? Like, this guy just doesn't stop. It's amazing. <laughs> he's so forthcoming with all of his knowledge and experience. And yeah, I really respect him and admire him as a as an author. Uh, yes, I mean, as someone who does so much for just the genre in general, the uh, he's also a podcaster, Charles. He's one of our. our I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was hard to say without laughing. Uh, yes, he. Yeah, writing excuses is a podcast he does with uh, some other really impressive writers like. Uh, uh, Mary Robinette Koal and uh, I think it's Koal I think as yeah. apologies for that um, and then 
uh, Dan Wells. And, yeah. Uh, Say the name of the podcast one more time. Writing excuses. Writing excuses. Cool. I got. It's check for that out. yeah. It's for writers. It's like part similar to the lectures that he gives, oh, yeah, uh, I guess. But it's a conversation with a bunch of like amazing professional writers talking about how to write. I think our buddy Levi Jacobs listens to that. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Levi Jacobs, author of Daughter of Flood and Fury, a, and Spiffbo finalist and friend of the show. Ah, yeah. Yep, definitely yes. check out Dada Flood and Fury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, Lord Grumpy Dark would appreciate that's that. That's a part. great place to start with Levi Jacobs, but that not the only option. Um, no. So let's continue. Dylan, this <laughs> yes. is a series that I have not read, so I think it would be more appropriate if you brought us in. Yeah, well, this is the Stormlight Archive, which is, it begins with Way of Kings, and you've if you've heard of Brandon Sanderson, uh, you've you've probably heard of this at least. Mm-hmm. And this is buried a little deeper in our <laughs> where to start episode here, which is surprising for something that ha- keeps hitting number one on the New York Times best-selling <laughs> yeah. list, right? <laughs> and that's because it's it is a huge investment to get into Stormlight. And Brandon Sanderson would say himself that it doesn't do a lot of the things that you would expect from a writer who's like trying to instantly grab you and bring you in and get you invested right away and all this kind of stuff. He would say that he's leaning on some of his earlier success and saying like, you, you're going to trust me here that I'm going to deliver because I mean, he probably wouldn't say it this way because he's too humble, but I can say uh, because I've delivered a bunch of times before and you know that and you know people like this and you know people like my work that he would never say that way. But (laughs) it is. Yeah. So and he does deliver over and over again in these. He calls them Chihuahua killers of because they're just giant (laughs) books that you could you could do some damage with. And they are epic fantasy in every sense of that word epic big sprawling <laughs> like so many characters so many point of views so many awesome things happening and incredible world building some of his best characters arguably his best work overall so why would you potentially not want to start with something that and his most his most acclaimed i would say as well um so why would he not why would you not want to start with this potentially despite all these amazing things it's that investment and it's the fact it's like it starts with a prelude then a prologue then we get into it it's like those kind of things start happening and if you're someone who's never read Brandon Sanderson before, you you might be invested in him because you've heard so many incredible things about him. You've probably heard us say that word over and over again to describe him. Incredible. Like, a, you are bought in because so many people seem to really like this guy's work. And then you pick up Way of Kings because you're into epic fantasy. Then you might be you might be all good. But if you are a little uh, unsure if you want to get into like thousand plus page novels without having read anything else by Brandon Sanderson yet, then we have a lot of other options uh, uh, here that will maybe be things to dive into first to make sure that Sanderson's work is a good fit for you. That's well said, Dylan. I, as someone who hasn't read the book, my perspective, I pretty much understand that that was the vibe of what you're describing. Um, I had mentioned when we were talking about Elantris that that's like, oh, not the top of my Sanderson TBR, but near the top. And that's because Stormlight and, and Way of Kings is the number one. And I would say that it's one of the biggest gaps in my reading experience as someone in the fantasy community. And... I think the reason I haven't picked it up yet is one, it's a massive tome and to dedicate the time and resources to 
featuring Stormlight would put a halt on all these other series that we've already committed to on the show. So mm. it's a top priority for me, but just the logistics of getting around to it have have delayed it. That's the magic Charles yeah. word. <laughs> logistics. That being said. You said it, everyone. That being said, I would, I would be comfortable being like, look, if you want to read what is currently trendy and hot, both with Brandon Sanderson and in the fantasy community, the latest book in Stormlight just dropped a few months ago. So this is currently at the top of like best-selling lists. So if you want to be part of the conversation today in 2021, talking about the latest releases, this is Sanderson's latest, hottest work. So in that sense, it is a great place to start. And if I was going to pick up another Sanderson book, I would ideally like it to be stormlight but if i only had a few weeks then maybe i would do elantris but uh stormlight is way way up there so i'm excited to read it i'm like the way i understand it is he's like even come further as an author as you would even think possible someone who's already prolific with things like mistborn it's like oh he's gone even further with this one and it feels kind of like a magnum opus kind of kind of work so in that sense i'm very excited to pick it up that's all very well said, Charles. I, Magnum Opus is a good way to describe it. It does feel that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see this as a guy who's I mean, he's going to keep... So he'll just write the, his, like, like, this is my second yeah, Magnum like, Opus now. Exactly. <laughs> Let's not limit Brandon Saracen to no, merely one Magnum Opus no. here, Charles. This is no, a, I would never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's... I mean, I, I've been thinking maybe it's good for us. You know, people can read the backs of these books, I guess, to get an idea of what they're about. And these, that's yeah. not the focus of this episode. So, and I, and that's good because, you know, I tried to do a little of that with Warbreaker, but I wouldn't even know where to start with describing like what the Stormlight Archive is about. Like it's easier to start with the, it's one of those, like it's easier to start with the world than all these <laughs> I mean, I've been to the bookstore. In. I've seen it's the like, shelves. Those things are insanely thick. <laughs> They're, they're yeah, massive. They're, those are some <laughs> those big hard books covers for sure. are are no joke. <laughs> <laughs> they are no joke. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's it's basically good place to start. If you, I was thinking like some of these, if you're a Wheel of Time fan who is, has not gotten into more of Brandon Sanderson's work than maybe what oh, he's yeah. done to help complete the series, then you might, you know, you might be the kind of person who's used to these giant sprawling epic fantasies and these long reads that are about investment that gets paid off way later on and delivers in those ways. You might be ready to jump into way of kings as your first sanderson novel but it would not be the first thing that comes to mind for me if I'm, it's like just someone saying hey i'm hearing a lot about this brandon sanderson uh, <laughs> guy where should i start i'm like ah, well maybe we can start you a little bit um less like of a high investment to get there yeah and that's it's a where work in progress might, yes. it's a lot to read all that stuff yes and something that doesn't have those same oh, potential well, drawbacks. Well, actually, Dylan, is... before you get into where I think oh, you're going, on. I was segging, I, your I seg thought, was well. brilliant, but you did something that I just have to address. I was going to drop an honorable mention after this, but because you brought up Wheel of Time, I'm going to put my honorable mention in right now. A place okay. that a lot of people start with Brandon Sanderson, oh, okay. and we have yeah. to remember our history here. This was where a lot of people started with Brandon Sanderson back in the day was the last three books of Wheel of Time. I don't want to get too far into it because it's a series written by Robert Jordan and Sanderson used a lot of his (laughs) notes and tried to deliver on his voice. He's like, this is not a book that I'm writing. It's a book I'm completing based off of Robert Jordan's vision and his style. But it's something I wanted to throw out there because it is a really common place people get started it's Wheel of Time is just a massive series, and Sanderson did an incredible job finishing such a huge, about 14 books, right? It's massive, and he wrote the last mm-hmm. three, and they're some of the biggest in the series. And you just got to put respect on the fact that this guy came into a beloved series as a relatively new author and balanced his voice and 
the voice of the author. He was both a fan and his own published author at the time, and he walked the line incredibly well. And I think it solidified Sanderson as this guy who can deliver on the reading experience on something as incredible as a 14-book series. So just wanted to throw that out there as an honorable mention of, hey, if you're like Wheel of Time, those last three books, you, that might be your first experience if you're going back to the classics, you know? It might be. Yeah. And I, I'm glad you mentioned all that. And you're right. That was a lot of people's entry points for Brandon Sanderson's These work. Days, and it, it did. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't recommend I, it. <laughs> I would rarely say, well, read, like, what is it, 11 <laughs> books yeah. you'd have to read yeah. before you start getting to reading Brandon Sanderson? Talk about a big investment. Yes. Uh, I don't think I would tell a lot of people to read wheel of time for the sake of reading brandon oh, no sanderson's work uh there's just quicker ways to get yes. to reading brandon sanderson's work um and one of those way quicker ways is by checking out the emperor's soul by brandon sanderson which is a novella mm-hmm. and that is one of the things that makes this one stick out for me as an easy entry point it's so accessible it's the kind of thing that i'd be like I think you get the Brandon Sanderson experience very well from it and just in a very focused way. It's one I don't have a hard time finding a way to describe it, uh, what it is. <laughs> I can just grab that off like the Wikipedia page, which is uh, Shay is a thief and practitioner of magical forgery who has been arrested and sentenced to death. The emperor's corrupt advisors offer to free her if she agrees to forge a new soul for the emperor who has been left brain dead by an assassination attempt. She agrees, but plans to escape. She's given a hundred days to do it. Um, paraphrase a little at the end there, but it's, it is a very self-contained story that you can crank out in, you know, if you want to dedicate an afternoon into evening, maybe to it, you probably could. The audio book is like four hours or something. Oh, that's a great, yeah. If you're going on like a road trip or something, just pop that bad boy in and you'd get a whole Sanderlange of a story in four hours. That's a beautiful thing. One of his most interesting magic systems yes. of anything that one of his I've most interesting themes in all the books yes. that I've read. I'm like, this book gets pretty real. It's like, what is a soul? What is artistic integrity? And you're like, wow, those are exactly. really interesting themes and questions. And this main character is super interesting in that way that she's struggling with these things. And it's amazing that he was able to cram it into a novella. And the magic system's not easy. It's rather complex but sanderson has this gift of explaining it through the narrative in a way that it's so easily digestible and rewarding to read along with it and elantris is i mean not elantris emperor's soul is one i would very quickly recommend it's like hey like you got a five-hour road trip you're interested in an audiobook like yeah read this because you'll finish it it's not like a 20-hour audiobook where you'd have to like somehow finish it later it's like you will be done and you will like it and you don't need to follow it up with anything you don't need to preface it with anything and you get the genuine brandon sanderson experience mm-hmm. tm you know that you it's all in there <laughs> all. trademark yeah. yes no i i could not agree more charles that is something i think i've seen sanderson get almost typecast at times as this like big epic fantasy author who does all of these giant works check out the stormlight archive and that's he he is all of those things but like we've been saying he's so much more than that too and the emperor's soul is a great way to see that sanderson can just write something that's novella length and still like basically give you a sanderland yes (laughs) like and he can still introduce you to a magic system in a very quick way that's very interesting and has all sorts of uses in the story. And then he can use it in ways that you might not have ever thought of. And he can start addressing these really interesting big picture themes in a way that honestly, he does that as well in this one as maybe any anything that he's written in terms of like the theme i think the themes are some of the his this is some of his best examples of it honestly like i like it more than mistborn i think i like mistborn a lot for different reasons but the themes in in 
in uh, Emperor's Soul like are the best that I've read of Sanderson. I haven't read as much as you have, but it's certainly my favorite. It, it's not in his Where Do I Start page, and I wonder if this page was written before Emperor's Soul was released mm. in 2012. But um, hmm. yeah, it, I just found it interesting that it wasn't in there because this is one that I would rec- I would feel more comfortable recommending this to someone who's never really dipped their toes in fantasy before than anything else. Because fantasy can have a high barrier to entry for like the general public. It's like, oh, I don't want to read about swords and dragons and all these politics and all this world building. Like, I'm not used to that. I, I like murder mysteries. It's like, well, hey, read this because <laughs> this has got it all. And you might just find out that you kind of do like some of those things and you're curious about it and want to go even further. So in that yeah. sense, just the it's the lowest barrier to entry of everything in Sanderson's work. And it has it delivers just as much in terms of payoff and reading experience. So it's a great place to start. I will say, Charles, ever since we read this uh, a while back when we we read it for our uh, Buddy Read episode mm-hmm. discussion with Ben and Jake from Phantology over at Phantology Podcast. Yeah. Who, you know, you, may, you probably heard us say this already, but they're a fantastic <laughs> podcast uh, we've done some collabs with. Check them out if you haven't yet. And yeah, we and I would love folks to check out our discussion with Ben and Jake about the Emperor's Soul as well, where we'll get into depth with, you know, we read the book and it's a discussion with spoilers and uh, things like that. So check it out after you've read The Emperor's Soul. And that, that was just a blast because, you know, it's always awesome talking with those guys. We probably awesome talked for too. almost like a quarter of the length or half the length of the actual time it would take you to read it the book. It went over an hour. Yeah, yeah so. it, did, it did go over an hour, I remember. <laughs> like, And I think we talked about that with them too, uh, maybe on the air. Probably. We like, wow. <laughs> and that's because those themes are so strong. I feel like like in Emperor's Soul, that it just, like, you could talk about the things that Sanderson explores there around these ideas of, like, was a soul, was a person, was it, like, those kind of things. You could talk about that for hours and hours and hours and much longer even than the than the book is. And that's a sign of an incredible novella. So, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. So this next one, Dylan, our last one that we've recommended, this one is kind of a, I think, unique pick for to you because it's it's so new and it's so different and it's not one that i was really familiar with uh so i will let you take the lead because you have kind of been championing this book on social media media (laughs) (laughs) i did yeah i'll i think it's amazing it's called skyward by uh, i almost said by brandon sanders i'm so used to doing that it is by brandon sanderson the person that we've been dedicated this episode to yes (laughs) uh so i'm halfway through this book right now it's actually the reason why we started recording this episode because i was like this is an incredible novel it's a it's very different from a lot of other stuff that he's written it's much more recent it came out in 2018 or much more recent than most of the other stuff we're talking about. Then the uh, like beginnings of of these series of all the books that we've proposed it's the most recent by far the even most though there's like the st- in these works like um in rhythm of war came out rhythm recently. of war came out recently yeah right. rhythm of war came out in 20 2020 yeah, 2020 2020 i think yeah so yes but the, in terms of the first book in a series or yeah skyward came out most recently of anything that we've mentioned here yes. and it is a young adult science fiction novel which is not really the first thing that comes up for people when they think of Brandon Sanderson's work I would say um and it is so so good dude I'm loving it (laughs) so much I it's one of my favorites of anything I've read by a Brandon Sanderson it has uh, so I'll I'll try to give a little it's basically about a uh, like young woman who wants to become a like fighter pilot in this science fiction like rocket ship fighting aliens type world and uh, yes and that young woman is named Spencer and she <laughs> I I might get some flack for this but maybe it's late enough in the episode where not everyone's hearing it so <laughs> I Spencer is perhaps my favorite character of 
any I've read in a Brandon Sanderson <laughs> novel. Wow. And I've read, uh, I mean. It, you've read Mistborn. Yes. You've read Stormlight. <laughs> right. Up through, I haven't read Rhythm of War yet, but uh, um, the fourth one, because, uh, you know, it came out after we started doing FTF podcast. But that being said, yes, I've read three Stormlight books. I've read everything else we've talked about today. And Skyward stands out to me as a fantastic place to start because the character where it's so much more focused than any of these other uh, books in terms of like it is uh, it's first person narrative which we're not used to from Sanderson I I could be wrong but I don't think any of these other ones are um, I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't think, think so. Emperor's Soul was no I don't think so um, so uh, if that yeah don't quote me, but I feel pretty confident <laughs> that none of the other things we've talked about are first person. And I think that does some work for Sanderson in terms of this being this first person narrative, very focused with this character, Spensa. And the prologue, Charles, is it's up there with my favorite prologues ever. Yeah, you had mentioned it that is to me. Just, um, it is, we talked about Brandon Sanderson's growth as an author and I don't he spent so much time honing his mastery of the craft of writing he's you know to the point where he's teaching it to all these other people you can tell he just understands it so well it's almost like a science to him in a lot of ways it seems like I'm sure in art too you know he's he's got these like fun things like his zeroth laws like go for the awesome or so yeah, that's on the side of awesome it's like error on the so. side of awesome yeah. yeah so he has all these like fun art things that you can tell he just he has so much love for the genre that he's enjoying himself writing it um but that love for the genre combined with mastery of the craft i don't know uh, at, at least with character work has never felt more apparent to me for whatever reason than reading skyward i just felt like like the prologue did everything you'd ever ask for prologue immediately grounded you with a character with why they want their motivations why they want the things that they want why that is so important to them and then like compound i don't want to say how but compounds that so well beyond like he already had us with oh yeah i'm all in on why this person wants this thing and then he was like let's make them want it even more and you just I don't know. You're right there with Spencer. She's such an incredible character. She's actually kind of on. We've talked about that Vin from Mistborn, who's the main character from Mistborn, mm -hmm. to Rin from the Poppy War continuum, kind of about these like uh, young, often like young women, often brash characters that are like kind of relentless in some ways in pursuit of their goals and are very powerful in some ways too and kind of exist across this like vin is uh well let me start with rin rin from the poppy war is like known for being very machiavellian and very um <laughs> you know more of a morally gray character in some ways than is vin from mistborn and vin from mistborn is uh, uh plays it straight a little bit more i think with like our a hero character um and i would say spencer exists along that continuum too but I actually do find Spencer to be uh, a little further toward that, like, she's still, you know, she's still Sanderson hero, but, like, a little bit more toward that Rin end of the continuum of being a little more, like, uh, willing to do bad things and things like that, um, and, like, losing control and things like that, too. And she just feels so real. She feels more real than, I think, like, maybe any other Sanderson character, which is very high praise. Like there's lots of very, Stormlight has lots of incredible, real feeling, very real feeling characters. Um, people like Kaladin and stuff like that. So, and Dalinar is incredible. Probably my favorite in Stormlight. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> Spencer is so good, dude. And the prologue is amazing. I'm only halfway through, but assuming it delivers uh, in the end, which I, it's Sanderson. So <laughs> I don't know if there's anything more confident I am in in this world than that Sanderson will deliver a good ending. Yeah. And uh, I feel very good he'll do that. I'm just, I'm f loving this book. So as a place to start, I would see it as being like, don't expect it to be the thing that will tell you like what Sanderson is all about because it's different in a lot of ways because it's young adult and there's certain things, you know, he's not going to do um, because 
it's young adult, uh, that he would do in other books. And it's also science fiction. So it is, Sanderson is well known for his epic fantasy. And most of what you'll read by him is like that. If you read all his books, this is different, but the fundamentals of his masterful storytelling are entirely there. And in some ways I'm enjoying this as much as like anything I've, I've read by him. It's, it's so good, dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of very strong opinions about it, so that's fantastic. I mean, look, what's got my interest peaked is your forthcoming praise about it. I, that's so rare. I think the last time I heard this much praise was about Poppy War, and that was <laughs> well, remind- that was a yeah. great read as well. So, mm-hmm. and maybe Chathryn Voyage is another one that I haven't read that you've given some praise to, especially around the end by Robert V. S. Reddick. By Robert V. S. Reddick. Yeah. So this <laughs> has now made it onto that list of like, okay, these are the Dylan praise books that earn themselves a notch up on the tbr so you've piqued my interest i mean your your endorsement combined with sanderson's history and i love science fiction as well and it's been a while since Mm. i picked up a science fiction novel so yeah man you, you do a lot of good there and it being a young adult novel that actually is kind of appealing in some ways to me where it's like okay i i kind of know what i'm getting into it sounds like it would be a lot of fun so oh yeah i am i'm interested in all those all those ways so thank you for bringing that skyward to my attention for sure and charles you'll immediately the spence is so proactive you'll immediately as soon as you start reading this one that does eventually happen at some point because yeah it's kind of it's a thing i'm gonna push until eventually you read it uh, <laughs> i may just have to sneak and, the prologue yes, in so i at least dude, know what's going on <laughs> dude that you that would be a good idea and you will immediately see why spenta is so appealing to me as a character because she's like she's basically like a young adult version of rin from the poppy war a young adult version of rin from the poppy war if it was written by brandon sanderson yeah that's basically what this character I got it. is i got it and yeah it's oh she's so good it's like yeah and i think it's just for me it's like the thing i, I think sanderson's grown the most on where i've you know i've read a decent amount of his work at this point i think is character like he's and this is in a lot of ways this and and stormlight too in a lot of ways are his culminations of all of that honing his craft and mastery of storytelling. And it's so, it's so good to see it. You know, Sanderson has so many more stories to tell. So I think like Skyward in some ways has reminded me like he, like a guy who is already so amazing at something that he can keep getting better in some ways. Like, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Wow. That's no, that's, that's great. I mean, coming from you, I rec- from knowing you for so long, I recognize this is something that listeners, your ears should be picked up by this talk of, about Skyward. So we will definitely keep that in mind. But man, so many great works from such a prolific author. many great places to start and if it seems overwhelming just pick one out of a hat guys you cannot (laughs) you you cannot go wrong with any of these and that's what makes sanderson one of the obvious choices to be carved into the bust of the fantasy mount rushmore so (laughs) 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 i love when we mentioned the fantasy mount rushmore (laughs) he is on there no doubt so (laughs) Sanderson, so many great starting points. Give them a try. I know a couple are on my list to try because you, you can never not have a Sanderson work on your TBR. So, <laughs> Well, you basically mentioned earlier, you, you're like, this is high on my Sanderson TBR. And that's what yeah. the amazing yes. thing about this. I have like, a Sanderson have TBR separate. isolated yeah. from, yes. so like on the regular <laughs> TBR, there's like, oh, work on the Sanderson. Like, Sanderson is just on there. And then you have the parentheses, C Sanderson TBR. You know? And then you go over and you're like, okay, Stormlight, Skyward, Elantris, cool, cool, cool. 
So right. it's a yeah. lot to take in, but the point is, guys, you cannot go wrong. Always a pleasure talking about the Sanderson worlds and community. Always a pleasure talking fantasy, especially with my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. Right back at you, Charles. It's always an absolute pleasure chatting with my lifelong buddy about, uh, yeah, I mean, Mistborn's one of those series that's had so many firsts for us, and Brandon Harrison's one of those authors that has had such an influence on on us as as readers yeah. and now podcasters. We've so, been talking about Sanderson yeah, got, for a yeah. decade, so it's been yeah. really great being able to find new ways to talk about <laughs> his works. You know, it's exactly it's always a good time. And, and listeners, I hope I I hope this was helpful. I don't know who's li- like it could be some f- folks who are. Longtime listener or longtime uh, readers of Sanderson's work. I hope this uh, helps you conceptualize these when you're recommending them to your friends yeah. <laughs> and telling them to go start Sanderson yes. and trying to fit those in. Uh, and for then the like people coming here, which is like such an honor that there might be people coming here who have not yet read Brandon Sanderson's work and we have a chance to influence where they go with things. Yeah, wow. God, uh, that's so exciting to me. So I hope that this was helpful for for any listeners out there. Uh, well or all. said. Here's hoping that this becomes a helpful resource for someone out there. Um, with, uh, with that being said, Dylan, are we ready for that outro music? Let's get that sweet, sweet outro music pumping, Charles. All right, here we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. This has been your co-hosts, Dylan and Charles. If you like what you heard today, you want to be part of the conversation, you have some opinions about Sanderson, go over to our Twitter page on the FTF Podcast with a number one at the end and let us know. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at the FTF Podcast. Now, you can always send us an email. We're putting our email out there, guys. And that is the FDFpodcast at gmail.com. Send me emails about Skyward. Yes. email. Send Dylan emails about Skyward. Send me emails about how I have to read Stormlight. Uh, we're I, I, we're <laughs> all Lock, invested. Lies of Lock Lamora. Send uh, I, I have plenty of those. I, I, Stormlight <laughs> will be the new one, I think. So yes. let, let's talk. get that conversation going. Uh, but Dylan, if they want to support the show even further than social media and personal emails and they want to do it in a way that's free and super helpful to us and they just so happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast. Just find that Friends Talking Fantasy page on the Apple Podcast app. Scroll down past all of those episodes until you start seeing stars. Once you're seeing stars, clicking five of those would be the optimal way to help support the show. If you have even more time, you want to help even more than that, then you can write a review as well. But just listening to us talk about Brandon Sanderson's work here, that is more than enough. We appreciate every one of you. Yes, very well said, Dylan. We appreciate everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.